tell you, brother, when it disintegrates, it disintegrates. It's Nescapades, a chronological journey through the North American Super Nintendo Library with a few pit stops along the way. We play them briefly, we judge them harshly, we rank them. That is pretty much all you need to know. I am Chase Keys. I am Emmy Zero. And uh, Suffer and Succotash, we got a handful of games here today. Um, you know, they're, they're all right. They're all right. Yeah, they're okay. Uh, definitely compared to the stuff we were dealing with last episode, these are prime picks compared. I don't think we found a new unsung classic here today, but I do think we found a couple of, of games that, that demonstrate some interesting, uh, you know, different ways that like kind of a, <laughs> a, a middling uh, Super Nintendo platformer could... Uh, present itself so uh what do we what do we have today as we continue on in uh in october this is still october yes that's the month we're in now i've forgotten because we were in the last month for so long uh uh, yeah we're in october yeah october October 1993 we kind of kicked it off last week with some real rough games but this time uh this time we've got a few more and uh, I like these better. So what do we what do we have today, Chase Keys? Uh, today we are going to be talking about Daffy Duck: The Marvin Martian Missions, which for some reason isn't called Duck Dodgers. Yeah, I don't know. There's something weird going on there. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick at that a little bit later. But what else? Uh, we've got Kendo Rage, and we've got the Family Feud. All right. Let's take it over to the uh, the first of these. Uh, which uh, which one should that be? Actually, which one do you want to start? That with? should probably be Family Feud, because I mean, like, folks, this is barely a game. It is barely a game. Yeah. I will say, uh, well, uh, who, who made this? Who made this version of Family Feud? Uh, so this family. Feud game was made by Game Tech. Uh, they are the folks who do basically the game show games. Right. They've done the, your your Wheel of Fortunes and your Jeopardies. Um, so not too far outside their wheelhouse here. Um, yeah, we've talked about them before. So, uh, hey, do we want to talk about Family Feud a little bit? Let's talk about Family Feud, American All Institution. Right. Let's yes. let's uh, let's go through it. What, what's what's going on with Family Feud? Yeah, because I mean, when you think American game shows, you probably think Wheel of Fortune. But if you're going to think a second one, you probably think Jeopardy. But if you're going to think a third one, you probably think The Price is Right. You know what? We could do this for a while, but uh, Family Feud is definitely in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a game show that has aired in three separate iterations since 1976. The original was hosted by Richard Dawson, and each episode featured two families, five members each, competing against each other by predicting responses to a prompt that was previously presented to a survey of 100 people. Families earn points by correctly guessing answers that were given most often by those surveyed, but can lose control of the board with three guesses that are not represented among the top answers in that survey. The original show was known for its very homey, macrame-like aesthetic, which kind of seemed old-fashioned even by the 70s, in my opinion, but what do I know? Um, And the encouraging cries of good answer from family members, regardless of how true that may have been, and also uh, Dawson's uncomfortable habit of kissing every female contestant. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Good old old Uh, Richard Dawson. Uh, Yeah. 
Um, that show lasted until 1985. Uh, the first revival ran from 1988 to 1999 with Ray Combs hosting, all except for the last year when Richard Dawson was brought back to host. Uh, I am not going to go into Ray Combs' life because it is profoundly sad. Um, oh, no. Require... I don't know anything about Ray Combs. And maybe I want to oh, keep... Really? Oh. Maybe I want to keep it that way. I don't know. Oh, yeah. No, I'm sorry. I, th- I thought it was just kind of like one of those really well-known things. So I mean, it I probably gonna... is, but I know like yeah. next to nothing about this iteration of Family Feud. So I'm not familiar oh. with him as like a person. I think if you're familiar with him as a personality, it probably is really well-known. But uh, I, I have... This is a black hole of knowledge for me. So, well, like yeah. it seems like for a long time there was like this idea that there was this curse around hosts of the Family Feud. It's like, okay. but it was just, like at that point it was just Dawkins and Combs and and like uh, or Dawkins, uh, wrong Richard. Another <laughs> another bad Richard. <laughs> yeah, another bad Richard. <laughs> bad dicks all around. Yep, just some bad <laughs> dicks all up in here. Ugh. Ugh. Anyway, um, so, uh, yeah, it was just Richard Dawson and Ray Combs around that time. I don't think anything particularly bad befell Richard Dawson. So, like, I don't know where that whole idea came from. But I think, like, the Family Feud curse was mostly known because of how, you know, things turned out for for Combs. That is the Um, version of the show that this game is based on, I, I presume, right? Yes, it it is, and Ray Combs is the host that whose uh-huh. likeness is used here. And obviously, this game came out before he di- yeah 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 <clears throat> of before course, he died of course, yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway, um, moving on, the final iteration of the show is still in production to this day. It was hosted by Louis Anderson in 1999, Richard Karn in 2002, John O'Hurley in 2006, and Steve Harvey, who has been hosting since 2010. Which most of my experience with Family Feud comes from, like, the occasional insane Steve Harvey clip uh, that gets posted and shared around online something like deeply weird or awkward that has happened on the show. Yes. Yeah. It seems like that is like, that is pretty much my um, experience as well. Now, like I did watch like the older Uh shows um, on like game show network and stuff like that. Uh And I think I, I did watch the Ray Combs version every now and then, like it would air on TV early in the morning or something like that. But um, but yeah, mostly now it's like, you know, of this show because weird stuff happens and Steve Harvey is just looking at the contestants like the hell is wrong with you. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's it pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, so that's the, the very weird roundabout history of family feud up to this point. It's aired in a bunch of other, uh, territories as well under different names. Like I think in the UK it's called family fortunes. I mean, I have um, to imagine this is one of those, one of those formats for a show that is just infinitely, replicatable in any any you know culture like any oh, yeah, country yeah. could have their own family feud and it would work just as well so um, yeah definitely and i think to me my impression of family feud as a thing is that you are kind of watching it for the the game show as it is but you're also kind of watching it to see somebody say something buck wild that is not in any way an appropriate answer. Am I correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Cause, this, cause that, that feels like the most fun. I don't think it's a terrible format for a show or anything, but I do think that is probably the most fun thing about it to me. Yeah. I mean, there have been some, some classic answers that are just like, it's just absolutely wild. I mean, like I, I still crack up when I think of the time that like Richard D- Dawson asks, 
you know, in what month of pregnancy do women start to look pregnant? And the woman answers September. Like, funniest thing that yeah, has maybe ever happened great. on television. Like, yeah, it's very good. And, it's very and funny. Folks, it, so, like, yeah. like, YouTube that right now, like, Dawson could not stop laughing for a good half an hour. Like, they they clearly like, they had to mess with the entire format of that particular episode because Dawson could not keep a straight face for the rest of the episode. <laughs> and, like, I, I wouldn't have been able to either. Like... Fair enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, name something you squeeze. Peanut butter. <laughs> 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 name a yellow fruit, an orange, and then just look at the look on her face after she, immediately after she says it. <laughs> oh. Anyway, um, yeah. this game is not nearly as fun as watching those. No, clips. it can't be. <laughs> I mean, it can't be just because of the stuff we've just been talking about, right? There's no way to replicate that in uh, a, a game. I do think, I will say, just to be kind of nice to this one, I think the presentation here is a lot better than it was in the Wheel of Fortune game that we've already played. Um, I think this feels like a much more kind of polished product that isn't just, like, embarrassing the way that one was. But also... Outside of just replicating, uh, you know, it's the it's a family feud home game. It is exactly what you expect that to be. Uh, and, you know, it's as it's a I think about as good as that can be in the circumstances. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, it can't replicate the weird spontane spontaneity of uh, of of what actually can happen on the show. So, you know, it's uh, you get what you get out of it, basically. Yeah, you know, playing this one player is going to be a waste of your time. You have to play a two player. Oh, yeah. And, and even then, you know, this probably makes for a better party game because you could, you know, more like try to actually replicate some of those right. kinds of, yeah. of moments. But even then, I don't know if it really works. There's also the thing that like, you know, I, I only played a little bit of this. Um, I didn't encounter any questions that were like, oh, 30 years after the fact, I think the answers to this would be very different. But there's almost inevitably something like that in there, you know? Yeah, I would assume so. I would I would definitely assume that's the case. But, you know, it works pretty much the way you'd expect it to. You pick one of uh, you pick from one of a few different, uh, you know, families. You can name them and then um, you play out the all the rounds of a regular, you know, uh, episode of Family Feud. Uh, in the order they would be on the show, you type in your answers using a uh, little keyboard uh, where you have to, you know, select each letter. It's kind of slow and tedious, but uh, it does uh, it does, you know, seem to have a decent number of uh, of answers in its sort of database. So I didn't, you know, feel like I was I was being like kind of shut out from giving normal answers in this game. Uh, and yeah, you know, it's, it's fine. I don't really know what else to say about it. Yeah. And I will say too, like, I think the game is pretty good about, um, being lenient on some answers. Like I remember when, um, I think I got a, a question, like name something you do every day. And I typed in shower and it accepted it. And, and the answer was bathe. So it does yeah, have some, good, it does good. have a little bit of leeway built in as well, which I, you know, like okay. the game show. Does. I mean, that's, that's what you really kind of need it to have for this to be like viable. So, you know, good for them, uh, for, for doing that. Um, 
but yeah, like, yeah, like, like, uh, like Chase said, yeah, there's no reason to play this as a one player game. It would be incredibly boring. I don't really know what you'd get out of it. It seems like it would be decently fun with um, two people or more. And, uh, you know, probably that's the only way you would want to do this. Um, I'm not 100% sure personally if I think this is a thing that would be more fun than just watching an episode of Family Feud with your friends and all trying to shout out the answers before they give them in the show. Uh, But, you know, um, it's if you've got to have a video game version of Family Feud on the Super Nintendo, this seems like a pretty decent stab at it. Yeah, I think so. I think so. So, um, but, you know, like you just said, though, I do think, like, personally, I would opt for, hey, let's just watch some old episodes of Family Feud rather than boot this game up for a party. But honestly, I'm probably going to be doing, like, I'm probably going to be playing a more modern party game instead of doing either of those things. Yeah, right. Um, You know, I mean, like, the game is fine. So, like, part of me says, like, hey, this could go in C tier. But the other, on the other hand, it's like, what? Why would you play yeah, what, this what, ever? It's the thing. Yeah, is is this game useful <laughs> at all? You know, like right? Yeah, like what function does this? Like this is a fully instrumentalized piece of of software here. Like if you're not getting anything out of this, there's no reason to play it. Um, like you're not going to really enjoy the art that much or the sound. There's nothing interesting about the the interface. It's just sort of. It's here, um, which I think does kind of put it in, um, uh, uh, yeah, low low ranking for us. Uh, it's certainly not an F tier. There's no reason to say this is one of the worst games of all time uh, on the system, but I think I think it's pretty solidly D. Uh, I don't see I don't see any reason to actually recommend this to anybody. Yeah, there's almost a part of me that just wants to make it unranked just because, like, I don't know what the purpose of this is anymore, and I don't know if it's fair to put it in D tier, but honestly, like, I'm probably overthinking it now. We should probably just put it in D tier. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think I think that's maybe overthinking it a bit. I mean, we did put Jeopardy in, uh, in D tier, um, which I think was in a kind of similar position to this. Well, I, but but so. here's the thing, like, I feel like a Jeopardy game, even a game that was made, like, 30 years ago could still have some value today if I th- I think if, if the game worked better, if it flowed better. Yeah, that's but, true. Like, family Feud is pretty much what you'd want out of a Family Feud game. I don't know how they could make huge improvements on it. I just don't know. Like, I, I don't think that's the problem with it. It's just like, what? I agree. You play this. But I'm, to- I'm totally yeah, fine I- with just saying, hey, we'll put it in D tier. And- okay. I, that's that's where I would say it would go. But um. But yeah, if you felt really strongly about it, either going higher or going into the unranked bucket, then, uh, you know, I would I would be okay with that. But um, yeah, I I think for me personally, D is is probably where it lands. So if you feel good about it, let's go ahead and, uh, you know, put it put it put it in there. Yeah, let's do it. It is a D tier game. Um, uh, 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 So. yeah, yeah. I think it's a good tier game. A, a, a D tier game. Good answer. Good answer. Yeah. Uh, survey says this did not need to exist. <laughs> All right. Well, um, now that one's out of the way, I guess it's on to one of the two actual games for today. Um, yeah. Um, 
so I guess which one do you think? Uh, which one do you do you have more to to say about personally? I think I've probably got more to say about Kendo Rage, so I would okay. vote for talking about Daffy Duck. Yeah, let's talk about Daffy. Uh, I think I've also got a little bit less about that one. So Daffy Duck, The Marvin Missions uh, is the name of this game, and that is interesting to me because this is very clearly a Duck Dodgers game. Uh, but uh, yeah, what's uh, what's going on with this one? Well, uh, this game comes to us from publisher Sunsoft and developer Icom Simulations. Uh, those were the folks behind the Mac Venture games, Deja Vu, Shadowgate, and The Uninvited. Uh, they also worked on some Sherlock Holmes consulting detective games. And uh, they worked on this one and the Roadrunner game that we talked a while back. And that's, um, yeah. that's pretty much what they did. So mm-hmm. uh, this game has us playing as Daffy Duck, who himself is playing his Duck Dodgers character. Duck Dodgers in the 24th and a half century first appeared in an eponymous short directed by Chuck Jones in 1953 and was a spoof of Buck Rogers in the 25th century and 1950s sci-fi serials in general. It pitted Daffy and Porky Pig playing his trusty cadet uh, in their uh, sci-fi personas against Marvin the Martian, who had been introduced previously in a Bugs Bunny short, but wouldn't actually be given the name Marvin until 1979. That's interesting. I didn't realize it, it took them that long to name this guy. Yeah, yeah, he was just um, he was just the Martian character until uh, 1979, apparently. Well, fair enough. Um Yeah, like, the fact that this is so specifically based on, like, kind of the Duck Dodgers thing, but they've tried very hard to keep the, the, to keep that name, like, uh, out of, out of any kind of materials regarding this game is kind of interesting to me. Like, I was looking at the instruction manual for this one, and there are no pictures of Daffy in the Duck Dodgers costume in the manual, uh, which is strange because that's not how he appears in in the game. The game is fully just him in like, you know, the, the kind of like space space police outfit. Yeah, I, I was almost wondering if it was going to be a thing where like um, the, the there was going to be like lore, like cutscenes where they're talking about Daffy playing the character and, and suiting up. Yeah, for like, I was assuming that was going to be a thing as well. But, but no, it's just a very straightforward, hey, this is Duck Dodgers and you're going on space missions and you're fighting Marvin the Martian. Yeah, right. And, um, you know, uh, that's fine. Like, that's totally, uh, totally OK for this to be. Uh, just like an extremely specific <laughs> variety of Looney Tunes game. Um, but it is odd. And I I just I have to imagine that at some point kind of late on in like when this game is about to come out, somebody decided, look, no one's going to know this is a this is a, a Daffy Duck thing unless we call it Daffy Duck. So, I mean, they'd made more Duck Dodgers shorts and, and they'd all been actually kind of recent uh, as of the release of this game. Yeah, I don't get it then. I don't I don't understand what what would have prompted them to make that decision, but it definitely feels like they very clearly want you to know this is Daffy. You were playing as Daffy in this game and uh that's what you should that's what you should be coming to this for. Um which is, you know, once again, fine. 
the other uh, the, the other Looney Tunes characters not in any kind of like you know spaceman appropriate uh, like you know cosplay do show up in like the last stage of this game. They're all in a line trying to get into like a concert. So, you know, um, they're clearly, they're clearly having fun with it as you should when you're making a Looney Tunes thing. But, um, but yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, as for the, the game itself. So this is a side scrolling action platformer. Uh, Daffy has a gun that has different, uh, different kinds of ammo. You can buy ammo for the gun as well as fuel for his jetpack uh, between stages and um, yeah, these are pretty linear kind of, um, you know, uh, I, I guess you'd say kind of run and gun stages. Um, and, uh, I, you know, they're they're kind of what you would you would sort of expect from this description. Uh, a lot of, you know, going up and down through very complicated uh, but not maze-like uh, level designs. I think a little bit uh, similar, actually, to the Roadrunner game, where this they kind of feel like Sonic levels, but they're, like, extremely linear. Um, and, yeah, you know, little secrets to find in different places. Uh, bosses at the end of each, like, third level. And, uh, yeah, like, it, it would all be fine, but I think it controls very very badly yeah this is a very clumsy feeling game and it's it's not helped by the fact that they made the decision to have daffy um basically get pushed back uh from the recoil of his gun pretty much anytime he fires um yeah like he scoots back a full step every time you fire yeah i mean i understand why they did it it's appropriate for the character but it does. They didn't really design the levels around it, though. Is the thing. Yeah, it does not make this game a ton of fun. Or I mean, it really hampers you know what the fun that could be had from this game. But yeah, Daffy, he he uh, he feels really heavy, but also really slippery. Like he you know speeds up uh, and has a lot of momentum once you start him moving. So it makes the platforming kind of difficult to manage. Uh, luckily, it's not you know, hugely precise platforming, at least in like the first few levels, but it's, it's not, it's not really fun, uh, moving him around. And I feel like these level designs are pretty good. So if the character controlled better, if he just had less momentum, if he felt less like he was on ice all the time, it would actually be enjoyable to move him around these stages. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I also don't really know that the different ammo types you get do very much. Like, I don't really see what the point of them is for the most part. I mean, I, I found the electricity gun to be pretty powerful, but it's also, mm-hmm. you know, like it doesn't always hit. So it, it's it's not yeah. reliable. The freeze gun was kind of nice, but then I have to cycle back to my regular gun to really make yeah, use of exactly. it. The arsenal's not bad, but... The, the ideas are okay. It's just the execution's not really there. Yeah. Know? Yeah. I was also waiting for some kind of take on the disintegration ray that, that never happened. And I'm, I'm Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you what, folks, if you've never actually seen the duck Dodgers in the 24th and a half century short, uh, go watch it. It's still very funny. <laughs> it is very funny. It's a good, it's a classic Looney Tunes cartoon. Um, there's a reason why, you know, they they kind of spun this off into its own little series of of things. Uh, it's very, very funny and very charming. 
And uh, yeah, Dan, uh, uh, Daffy pretty much just kind of like owns himself throughout that short. Uh, you know, it's it's basically him, you know, trying to do a like, you know, uh, a classic Looney Tunes, you know, uh, you know, clever hero versus versus, you know, bumbling, bumbling thing that wants to to kill it uh, sort of story. But he just keeps hurting himself um, with everything he tries to do. So uh, it's funny. It's very funny. And um, I wish this game had a little more comedy to it. Yeah, I do, too. And I, I just... it's pretty straight up. It's pretty it's a pretty straightforward game. Yeah, I wish it was a little bit funnier and I wish that it controlled just a little bit better because, you know, it, it's yeah, it's pretty close. It's almost yeah. there. It's almost something good. Like, uh, I don't think this is at all one of the worst games we've played and it's certainly way better than any of the games we played last week. Yeah, I, I don't um, think that this game's shortcomings hurt it nearly as much as like Arrow the Acrobats did. Yeah, right. Like this is playable. Like it's not that it, it could be a lot better, but it's very playable to, you know, to 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 a large extent. And, um, you know, uh, the graphics, not great, but everything looks recognizable. There's uh there's definitely some some Daffy voice clips that are audible in here that are, you know, a nice touch. Yep. Uh, uh, I, I, I enjoy him him sort of quaveringly saying, oh, mother, yeah. <laughs> uh, every time he gets every like third or fourth time he gets hit. Um, and, yeah, you know, uh, I appreciate I appreciate how uh, how, you know, hard they seem to have tried with whatever their resources were to really make something here. I just don't think they did a great job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We also do get the uh, that that MIDI version of Merry Go Round broke down for the third time now. I believe we we heard it for the. Yep, it's back. It's back again. Yeah, we heard it in the um, the Roadrunner game. We heard it in Tasmania, which I still don't think makes any sense. They should have used the theme song from Tasmania. Yes, they should. Um, have. But no, they the, um, here it makes a little more sense because uh, I, I believe Daffy Duck is the character that gave that tune its lyrics uh, as far as i know okay nice er a very early daffy duck short where he uh he sings that he he works the merry-go-round and it all the merry-go-round yeah. broke yeah. down it all went swell the er, I, I can't remember now the, the the job was swell it all went well till the merry-go-round broke down That's the, yeah. nice yeah so where are you thinking about this one going? I kind of feel like this one's a C. I, I don't think it's it quite hits I, B territory for me. Yeah, I don't think it's good enough to be a B tier game, but I think it's a solid C. I don't I don't think it's unplayable. I think that if you you know if 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 you need a new platformer to play and uh, you can put up with some pretty jank controls, uh, you you would actually have a pretty good time with this one. So yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, C tier. You can get used to the controls after a while, but it you can it, but, absolutely. But it is just not it's just kind of one of those ideal. things. It's like uh, it, I, I wish it wasn't. I, I wish that the the whole kickback mechanic wasn't there because it does make the game yeah more difficult and less fun than it should be. Yeah, uh, strong agreement from me. Um, I do think this is. I mean, it's no Buster Bust Loose, but it is one of the better Looney Tunes games we've played. Yeah, sure. Yeah. All right. Well, congratulations, um, Mr. Duck. You are uh, you are in the C tier. So uh, 
And with that, I guess it's time to move on to our final game for today. It's a strange one. Um, it is, yeah. Uh, Kendo Rage. Kendo Rage, what can you tell us about it, Chase Keats? Well, uh, I can tell you that... Uh, that was terrible. I'm so sorry. Uh, Kendo Rage is a SNES exclusive. A, a, a SNES exclusive? That was also bad. Sure. Sorry, I, I need to yeah. stop. Uh, that originally came out in Japan as... Uh, ma- sorry, I'm going to mangle this here. Uh, Makeruna Makendo. Uh, translated means, Do not lose Kendo Magic. That does seem like a very appropriate title for this thing, honestly. Much more so than Kendo Rage, yes, frankly. Yeah. So. yeah. They should have just called it Do Not Lose in the Kendo, yeah. the Kendo game. <laughs> That's right, um, yeah. It was published in Japan by uh, Datum Polystar. Uh, they were a company that released a handful of games between 1990 and 2009. Strangely, despite not publishing anything after 2009, the company remained in existence until 2019. What, did they turn into like one of those? Did they do the thing that that some Japanese companies have done, where they just like abandoned games completely and turned into like a business software company I, or something? I don't even know if it was that. I feel like it's just like they, like maybe their parent company just had them stop working on stuff, and a decade later was uh-huh. like, oh, these guys are still here. Let's. Um, I don't uh, know. I yeah, don't know. That was sure. that was my takeaway from it, but I, I could be wrong. Um, uh huh. But uh, in the U.S., this game was published by Seta, who published several other games on the SNES that were uh, published on the Famicom by Datum, uh, including Kakoma Knight and Musia, the classic Japanese tale of horror. Uh, this yeah, game you was, know what? I it, can see yeah. that. I can see Musia as as like a you know mm-hmm. a spiritual companion to this in some ways. Yeah, yeah, very unapologetically Japanese. So Japanese! Oh my goodness, I. Uh, we'll we'll get into it a little more in a little bit, but it's amazing to me that this game came out so un uh, with, with with so few of its like Japanese uh, you know edges sanded off <laughs> in in America in 1993. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, like it's it's kind of amazing this game came out in the condition that it did over here and wasn't completely reskinned. But um, but uh, this yeah. one was developed by Affect, who don't seem to have a whole lot of games that made it to English-speaking territories. Um, in fact, from what I could see, it seems like it was maybe this game, Kakoma Knight, and um, <laughs> Nolan Ryan's Baseball <laughs> were the only games that made it wow, over Wow, <laughs> yeah. Which we did play, I, I think, yeah, right? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that one I would say is not a spiritual uh, companion to this game. No, I'm, I'm thinking that must have certainly been a, a case where uh, they changed a lot in localization. But uh, yeah, but anyway, so uh, there are some discrepancies in their gamography. Moby Games has the company credited on uh, a 2000s game called Chaos Break, a PS1 survival horror game in the um, uh, in, in a uh, larger series of Chaos Break games. Um the game was developed by Taito, so I'm not sure what FX role actually was in that one. Um, they worked on a lot of support studios. Yeah, maybe uh, they worked on a lot of Mahjong games. Um, their last release seems to have been in 2006, but uh, again, there's a few other things. I think I saw like they might have had something to do with like 
some Winnie the Pooh games, according to Moby Games. But I oh, interesting. feel like that okay. might be wrong. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Kendo Rage as a franchise wouldn't exactly thrive in Japan, but it did see two sequels, a fighting game starring Hikari, the... Um, is she supposed to be the younger sister or older sister of the first game's protagonist? Um, she is the younger, younger sister. sister. Okay. I know this because I watched the one other the the one uh, other like cross media piece yeah. of uh, of of uh, of this this franchise, the OVA, uh, and she is the younger sister of the main character. Yeah, in this that's game. some dedication right there, Emmy. Thank you for that. Um, it was fun. It was a good, it was, it was very charming, okay, okay. but yes. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So she's the sister of the first game's protagonist who is named Mai in the Japanese version. And, uh, in this version mm-hmm. here, she's changed to an American exchange student named Joe. Um, mm-hmm. and then the second sequel was an RPG and that's, that's yep. pretty much it for Kendo Rage. I don't think they did anything else with that franchise after that. No, and I mean, really, they don't really need to. This is very, it's, it's, it's this is very cute, but it's very thin material. Um, this is a another side-scrolling action game. This is uh, a little bit more in the mode of like a Super Valis Four, which we played re- uh, pre- uh, uh, previously. Uh, but you are a a girl who transforms into. Uh, like a very kind of, you know, classic Sailor Moon style magical girl uh, actually, who fights with a kendo so stick. I, I want to say exactly who she transforms into, and this is going to be a real sure, deep cut. go for it. She transforms for it. into uh, Buddy Cole's baseball uniform that he designed for the women's softball league that he coached in one episode of Kids in the Hall. That's what I'm going with. Wow. Okay. That okay, is, that is the enough. outfit. That's... <laughs> That's, you know, I haven't seen that Kids in the Hall, uh, so I will take your word for okay. it. But uh, that's that's a great deep cut. I love All that. Right. Um, but but yeah. Um, so, yeah, she turns into, you know, uh, Magical Girl. She fights various extremely cute ghosties and bears. And at the end of each stage, there's a boss. They're all weird, cute looking things. Um, and, uh, yeah, then, then your, your mentor who in the Japanese version is, a like a spirit detective from like the monster world. And in this, he's, he's nominally your like kendo teacher, uh, kind of has a little bit of banter with you between stages. It's very, uh, very kind of light, very, you know, funny kind of, uh, uh, you know, nineties, nineties, like, you know, uh, be you know, kind of, uh, yeah. yeah. Sailor moon ish, well, uh, I, tone. I mean, to the, it. The, the character looks almost plagiaristically like, uh, uh, what's his face from the slayers. Um, Oh yes, he does. Yeah. Uh, uh, Zal, Z- Zal uh, something or another. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Zolgatus. Yeah. He does. He looks almost exactly like Zolgatus. That's yeah. true. Uh, he looks, a uh, yeah. One of the things about the OVA is they made everyone look a little more generically, uh, animated. No, this, that's true. This game looks a lot like, uh, the, the, the art style was inspired by, uh, the, the classic nineties anime slayers. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, I hadn't consciously thought about that. And I don't know how I didn't think about that, actually. Uh, but yeah, it's fun. It's cute. It's got a lot of good little animation flourishes for the character. She kind of turns into, uh, you know, like a little sort of like chibi version with like swirling, pumping legs when she's running downhill. Uh, when she's falling in, uh, 
in in the water level down in the water she kind of holds her skirt down uh and kind of blushes a little yeah. bit uh so lots of lots of little cute stuff like that and um it's kind of good this game has all that all those really specific little flourishes because this is actually a very short game Mm -hmm. so it really needs to pack in as many little bits of individuality into each moment that it can yeah i want to say i think i got up to like level five so i got over halfway through this one you did get almost all the way through because the last level is just a boss gauntlet oh great um (laughs) So really, this game has six levels and a boss gauntlet where you fight all the bosses you fought previously and then a new one. If you if you got um, proficient enough at this game, you could easily play through this in about, you know, half an hour. So there's not a lot here, but what's here is pretty charming. So, yeah. I I could not figure out in some cases what I was supposed to do other than just kind of like, you know, tank a lot of tank damage. Tank it, basically, yeah. yeah. Like, there were some that I sort of got a handle on, like, okay, when, when he does this, I need to go over here. The thing is that, like, right. this character does not move quickly. She is not, like, a runner. No. Like, you know, like she doesn't move at the speed of, like, a Mega Man X with his dash move. She does have a dash move, but I don't use it very often because it takes health. It takes health, so. and it doesn't, you can't really chain it into more movement like you can could with like Mega Man X's dash you kind of just like come to a stop after yeah so so as a result Um, I didn't feel like this character was really capable of um going through some of the boss patterns in a way that I I felt like she should have been like what it seemed like the game was expecting me to do um yeah there's also I agree there's also a power-up system that is uh, uh, kind of uh, still very opaque to me, even after p- having played through so much of the game. There's different colored orbs you can grab from enemies that will, I, I think, make your fully powered up attacks do different things. But I don't know what color corresponds to what because it's not really presented all that well. Um, no, it's not. Um, there's also kind of a, another element to combat where um, so you can attack in whatever direction you want as many times as you want. But you do have a little meter that fills up at the bottom of the screen. And if you uh, let it f- and it, it it dissipates every time you you use your attack. But if you let it fill up, you get a much stronger attack that uh, it will, will be like kind of a beam attack uh, on, on like, uh, you know, uh, if you let it charge up more. But I don't know that that's like super useful in a lot of cases, just because you get attacked from all sides by enemies that move very quickly a lot of the time in this game. So I feel like for the most part, you're going to just be spamming the attack button. Am I wrong about that? Do you think I was playing this wrong by doing no, that? I mean, th- or uh, were, did you have a different experience? No, there were definitely a few um, scenarios or a few uh, sequences where I was just like, okay, I just have to move kind of slowly because these enemies are just popping up right in front of me and, and yeah. I can't do anything else about it. But yeah, you know, it, it did feel like it was meant to be kind of a, a faster paced game. Like I was meant to have the skills right. to just kind of go through and. You know, yeah, whack enemies with my big bamboo stick as I as I go. But yep, my my Shinai. But yeah, it's not that that seems to be a thing the game maybe doesn't want you to do because of how much stronger those powered up attacks are. But 
I don't know. I I kind of per- would have preferred it if they had just let you like hold the button to charge it personally. Yeah, like that would feel that would make me feel a little bit less like I was just like playing it wrong by by doing what we're, I was we're doing. lamenting that she doesn't have a good dash attack like Mega Man or a good charge shot like Mega Man. We're basically saying this game should have been Mega Man. <laughs> yeah, why isn't this game Mega Man? Why isn't every game Mega Man? Uh, uh, why isn't every game Mega Man? No, uh, no. I mean, I think. You know, in a weird way, I think this game is a is is much uh, is much more like you know confidently and effectively put together than than Daffy Duck in some ways. But I do think there's some similarities here in that they are both games that could be really good if they you know just played better. And I I wish this game played better because I do find. The art and uh, the humor in it, pretty charming. I think actually the localization is a, a little weird. It, it kind of veers a little bit into maybe some like uncomfortable, not not overtly racist jokes, but like jokes that, uh, you know, th- not really even jokes, but just like the fact that they they swapped out the names of some things for like the the names of just like Japanese car companies that Americans would be familiar with. I feel weird about that, but I do also think that like the, the writing and the little like scenes between the, the levels is is surprisingly, surprisingly charming and surprisingly uh, voicey, I guess, you know, it feels like somebody tried pretty hard with this localization. Um, You know, they, they even went through and like gave all of the enemies different different names that were kind of uh in some cases kind of amusing that you see in kind of like a a cast a cast list at the end of the game um you know it would not probably surprise you that they named renamed a bunch of the different ghost enemies after the the ghosts from pac-man <laughs> uh you know i didn't know that that's, but, that's uh, good though yeah it is good yeah um but yeah, so, you know, uh, they definitely tried pretty hard with this and I think it's, it's, uh, kind of neat. I didn't know about this game, but I, I could see if I had played this back in the day, uh, I probably would have had all the same feelings of, Oh, what is this? I really like the whole like thing this is doing, uh, you know, several years earlier than I did in real life when I saw Sailor Moon for the first time. So, you know, uh, yeah, like I, I think it's neat. I just wish it was better, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do too. I think that this game has a lot, you know, like you said, in common with the Daffy Duck game and that like it, it's, it's pretty solidly made, but the character feels very clumsy and in this game, it feels a little bit less intentional than it did with Daffy Duck. Yeah. Yeah. So, I kind of agree. Yeah. Um, um, unfortunately, but, you know, there's some good stuff going on here. I, I just feel like the folks who made this, um, they, they had some ideas, but they never quite, um, got those ideas to coalesce into one really solid concept. It feels a little yeah. bit messy in a way, like the, the, the whole thing does in, in a way to me. Well, I mean, from, from how we were describing like the way that like the different options you have in combat work, I don't really know what the overall design plan of that is. I don't know what the overall intent of all that is like, you know, um, like for something like, um, you know, a game that like super ghouls and ghosts, that's a game that we, uh, neither of us particularly enjoy playing, I think. Uh, but I can at least see the ways in which that all comes together into something that if you really commit yourself to it, you can you can really like excel at 
playing that game and play it like perfectly. I don't really know that this all just comes together. It's like you said, it's messy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and on that note, I think maybe this one ought to share a, sp- a spot on the, the C tier list with Daffy Duck. Cause mm-hmm. again, you know, it, it's pretty close to being a, a really solid, really recommendable game, but there's just a few design decisions yeah. to hold it back here. Um, I agree. I think I think this is a C tier. I think it's it, it, it. This is one of the may, maybe one of uh, my my favorite games that has gone into the C tier. But uh, it this does feel like the right place for it. So um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. So hey, also so, uh, in in company with uh, Super Valus Four, the the other game featuring a, yes. a lady swordsman which uh, you know that's right um, not a lot of games starring women on the super nintendo no which is a bummer. it's true i i was thinking because i remember years ago you tried to put together a list uh for a video we were doing of um uh you know games starring female protagonists on the super nintendo did you have this on there yeah yeah it was on there it was it was this it was super it was Valus on there 4. okay i couldn't remember yeah this metroid yeah. and this super valve's form and metroid basically were the ones you, you were trying to get to five i don't know that you got a lot further I, than that i think i had to break a couple rules that i wanted to set out like no um uh, uh established franchises that weren't video games first um, so sure, I think like yeah. I ended up saying like, well, no, there's just not enough of them. So I included like alien three on there. Um, right. Alien three, you know, I think actually also, um, there's a playable girl character in we're back a dinosaurs story. Well, I mean, there, there's a uh, lot of games with a girl who is playable, but I was really f- wanting to focus on games that like the, the, the woman was the star of the show and not just like yeah, that's the fair. other character or the second player. And there's very, no, that's very fair. few that's of fair. those. I, I think actually I, I might have like gone with um, Pocky and Rocky, which was still a little bit of a cheat. But, oh, sure. You know, po- but hey, at least, you know, Pocky's name's first. She's the default character yeah. and uh, she is uh, she's a girl. So, yep. yeah. Yeah. So I, I think I think that's what I did is I went with Kendo Rage, Super Valis, Metroid, and then the two Pocky and Rocky games, I think is what I actually did. Yep. So that makes yeah. sense. Um, so yeah, so that's, uh, that's going to do it then. That is, uh, yeah, that, yeah. Um, it, 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 it's, it's getting better, I guess. October's. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're on the, we, we may be on the upswing here. Um, you know, certainly I, uh, I hesitate to say this because I don't want to be proven wrong, but I don't really see how October could get worse than how we started it. So, you know, um, this week at least bears that out. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's a good question as we continue on, if that's going to remain the case, because I'm looking at this and I do see some very good stuff for October here, but, uh, I also see some things that I'm a little concerned about. Personally, yeah. I'm, so. I don't, I'm not holding out a lot of hope for the next episode, folks. So uh, we've got, Last Action Hero, Lock On, and Pack Attack. Um, yeah. Pack Attack is maybe okay, but I'm, I'm not holding out maybe. a lot of hope for Last um, Action Hero or Lock On. I think Lock On is that uh, weird Top Gun game. Yeah, I don't know about that. Um, we're also... We're skipping several sports games to get to Pack Attack. Yep. So. Yep. Uh, oof. Uh, 
Well, you know, we'll we'll just have to see. Maybe maybe we'll discover that pack attack is actually so good it makes up for for anything else that might happen. So um, I'm gonna have a thing to say, but uh, uh, Chase Keys, uh, did you want to leave the folks at home with anything before we kind of do our sign off? Uh, happy Valentine's Day. Uh, yes, <laughs> I guess it'll probably be around good. that time by the time this comes out. It probably will. Yeah. Um, but yes, uh, and until then, I am uh, I am Emmy Zero. I'm Chase Keys. Play it loud. You can stop listening here if you want to, but uh, I do um, want to say a little bit of something about some stuff that's been going on in the world right now. If you do not feel at all like listening to this, I completely understand. Feel free to turn off the episode now, um, but. Uh, as we record this, uh, it's early February of 2023. And, um, uh, as a transgender person and as a person who, uh, did grow up in the, uh, the state of Florida, uh, the last couple weeks, the last, you know, week at this point specifically have been, uh, pretty, pretty hard to take. And, um, I just want to let everyone listening to this know if you feel the same way, if you feel, uh, frustrated and sad and angry about everything that's been happening, um, you know, in, in this country, uh, you know, you're not alone and you're valid. You're completely valid to feel those things. Um, but also, you know, uh, the, the thing that, uh, the worst people in the world, the people who are doing terrible things in Florida and want to do terrible things elsewhere as well, uh, want is for people to give up and stop fighting and to, uh, just sort of, uh, accept despair. And, um, you know, uh, I, I implore everyone listening to this to, take care of themselves and to do whatever they need to make sure that, that they are getting the, the support and the validation and, and care that they need for, for themselves so that we can all keep going and keep fighting. Um, because one thing that I think is true, it, you know, it may not seem like it right now, but, um, when people try to, you know, take away your rights or keep you from talking about, uh, keep you from talking about important subjects that, you know, uh, everyone needs to know about and, and educating people, uh, it's because they're, they're scared that they're losing. They're, they're scared that they can feel the earth shifting under them and that, uh, you know, they have, they have, you know, lost control of the dominating forces that allow them to oppress people. And, you know, I'm not saying everything is, you know, sunshine and rainbows. There's definitely hard times ahead and, and things are hard right now. And, you know, that's very real and very true, but also this isn't, Nothing is hopeless, and um, you know I I love you all. I hope that 
you're taking care of yourselves out there. And um, that's it. That's that's really it. Uh, this was a long thing. Uh, thank you to anybody who listened to this. I hope it makes sense in some way. And um, I hope if this helps at all that, you know, um, that, that you feel you feel, you know, at least a little less alone. So 